Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Lord, you pray to the Father. Says, sanctify them by thy truth, for your word is truth. What we are praying for this morning, Lord, is the word of change. The word of change. The word of change. Spirit of transformation. Lord, to minister to us, to bless us, to, to help us make war against everything in us that is against our change. Father, we look to you this morning. I pray, Lord, help my heart. Just make it broken, malleable, flexible. Take my tongue, make it as a pen of a ready writer. I desire to write the Spirit, to speak the Spirit. Or the letter kill it, but the Spirit give it life. That which life-giving, life-giving Spirit, the life-giving Spirit, be yeah. Move here, flow, flow, through, through words this morning to give life, life to every heart. Lord of Spirit, to live as your sinner, daughter, men are the spirit that quickeneth the flesh, profited nothing. Is that the word I speak? They are spirit and they are life. Speak your own word this morning. Thank you, our Lord Jesus. Bless your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. <coughs> amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Say amen. 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 Praise God. Second um, Corinthians chapter 6. Chapter 6. Amen. Chapter 7. Chapter 7. <coughs> Praise Jesus. Thank you. Are you there? If you're there, say amen. Second Corinthians 7, verse 1. Says, having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, praise God. Um, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit perfecting holiness where in the fear of God perfecting holiness in the fear of God praise Jesus having therefore these promises we know of course the promises are in chapter 6 thank you father um I think we were reading from verse, verse 14. It said, be ye not unequally yoked together, right? With unbelievers for what fellowship had righteousness with unrighteousness and what communion had light with darkness? What concord had Christ with Belial or what hath he that believed with an infidel? Um, 
what fellowship had righteousness with what? With unrighteousness. What fellowship had righteousness with unrighteousness? What communion had light with darkness? What concord had Christ with Belial? Or what hath he that believed with an infidel? Praise God. And then what agreement had the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God, as God hath said, that I will dwell in them and walk in them. I will be their God. They shall be my people. So wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. Touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you and be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the word, the Lord Almighty. Amen. <clears throat> Are you ready for the word this morning? Yes, sir. Are you sure? Yes. Okay. Um, so we see the promises that promises they're speaking about in verse verse one, chapter seven. Promises are actually the the speaking of the oracles of God. So when uh, you know Hebrews, we read about in Hebrews chapter five, where they spoke about the oracle the, of God, the different oracles of God, the oracle of the milk of the word. Say for what time, when for the time, you ought to be teachers. You have need that won't teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God and are become such as have need of what? Milk and not of strong meat. And it goes on, verse 14, for everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belong to them that are full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both what good and evil. Praise God. So the oracles, when you say oracle, oracle means who's, what speaks. That was the way we define oracle. Like when you, is a kind of uh, a speaking that comes from a realm of, of life that's beyond where your own devices, praise God. So these oracles are actually the, what we call promises. The promises here are the speakings of the oracle. How do I know? It's just simple. If you go to um, chapter six before chapter seven, you know, it says having therefore these promises. So it means what they just spoke about are promises, right? And um, in those promises, you keep saying, saith, 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 right? Um, verse one, verse 16, it says, as God had said. So God saying is the part of the speaking of the oracle of God. Like it's talking about what God says. That's 
Uh, praise God. That, so if you want to summarize the oracles of God, we know that if you, if you line, it up, line it up, the oracles of God here is the oracle of the strong meat of the word. So if you want to summarize, what does the strong meat of the word say? It says, I will dwell in them and walk in them, right? I will be their God, they shall be my people. This is the summary of, if you want to compress all what he called the promises of God himself. What is the promise of God is dwelling in them, walking in them, then becoming their God. And then what? They becoming his people. Then, then there are two other sayings here. There's the saying of, say, come out from among them, be separate, say the Lord. You see that? So say the Lord is the speaking of another oracle. It means that this oracle of the Lord is also saying something. Right? What is he saying? Come out from among them. Be ye separate. Say at the Lord. And touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and what? Daughters. Saith the word, Lord Almighty. The Lord Almighty. Praise Jesus. So the the two, two main oracles, well, the oracle of the milk is not really included here, but the oracles speaking here are the oracles of the Lord, which is the oracle of the meat of the word. Then the oracle of the strong meat of the word, which is divided into the oracle of the Father and the oracle of God. So there is Seat, or who they call the Father here, is also the Lord Almighty. There is the, the Almighty Lord. The, the Almighty Lord is the Lord of the Lord. That, so the Lord that's speaking, who has his oracle, has a Lord too, who is, and who is Almighty. When they say Lord Almighty, that just means everything, this is the fullness of Lordship. That everything that has to do with Lordship is fulfilled in him. That when the Almighty, if the Almighty is your Lord, and he finishes being your Lord, there will be nothing left anymore in the, in the vocation, the task of Lordship that's left to be done because he is the Lord Almighty. Is it talking of a higher um, kind of operation of lordship, which is greater than what a lower dimension of lordship. Praise God. We know, of course, that in Genesis chapter one, it was Lord Almighty. In the beginning, when it's on chapter two, mostly from chapter two, when he began to speak about the Lord God, the Lord God, the Lord God. If we saw God at first, then we now saw the Lord God in chapter two of Genesis. That Lord God is 
the Lord Almighty. Because there is no higher Lord than that Lord. So when God, when man was made, man actually woke up into a, a kind of a kind of dealing of lordship. Like he woke up when he came, Adam woke up and then he saw, wow, found himself in Eden. He was under the Lord Almighty or the Lord God. So the dealing of lordship that Adam had was the highest kind of dealing, right? The kind that was the, the God creator himself just coming down and then beginning to, to demonstrate lordship before Adam. Right, that was the, the, the beauty of Genesis was that kind of dealing. Imagine a man being pastored by God himself. Right, being your, your shepherd, your pastor is God. Right, your Lord is God. He's the one talking to you, telling you what to do. Adam, don't do that. Of these trees, don't eat them. This is the one you should eat. Do this, tend the garden, do all of that. That was the Lord, amen. Um, so that place is the place where man fell from. And every man should covet that place. Every person, every human being should covet that state where the Lord Almighty or the Lord God is the one, he's the one training you. You know, God doesn't train all men. After some time, man left the presence of God of the Lord Almighty. And then man went into all the earth. Praise God. So it means that since man left that being, right, men left him, we left, we just left him, our ancestors left him. And when they left, what I mean is that they left his place of training, the place where the Lord Almighty, and which is the place of the oracles of God himself, is called the presence of God. There is something called, you say, God is present everywhere. <laughs> not actually not true. It's not really true. Um, when, it, when you say God himself being present, God is not really present everywhere. There is what there's something called, if he's present everywhere, then there, there will be nothing called the presence of God. Right? What was the need of seeing the presence of God if God is just everywhere? But we know from the Bible there is something called the presence of God or the sight of God. If I have found grace in your sight, amen. Do not cast me away. I was David. Say, cast me not away from your presence. So there is something called the presence. And Cain departed from the presence of God. Amen. So there is something called what? The presence of God. The presence. See, and Cain, Genesis 4, verse 60. And Cain went out from where? From the presence of the Lord. So this Lord is capital L. When you say this capital L-O-R-D, that is the Lord God, right? Or the Lord Almighty. 
So Cain went out from the presence of the Lord and dwelt in the land of northern on the world east of Eden. Glory to Jesus. Um, so you will see that man was made for what this thing, this presence means. All men were, was made, were made or are made for the presence. Every soul, every soul is made for the present. So if you find you are not in the presence, you have to find how can I get back into the what? into the presence of the Lord, or the presence of the Lord God, or the presence of the Lord Almighty. Well, we thank God that there is a way back, right? From where man went to. So where man went to, where man seen is a trainer of departure. Seen, right, seen is actually um, when you have sin in your nature, sin configures departing natural tendency. Sin configures men to not only leave but to stay, to find places of, of dwellings that are far away from the prayer. I'm not talking of your body, I mean <laughs> inside the soul. Right? Sin um, has caused departure from God. And you see, that's, that's what sin actually did. When sin came, began to knock on the door of Cain. It was to drive him out, out of where? Out of the presence of God. Praise Jesus. So, but that's the reason. I'm just showing you the reason why you, why does the Bible separate these things? You have to know. It's not for fancy. It's not a fanciful thing. That if there was no oracle of the Lord, and God just came and started talking. Nobody will ever hear God speak. We won't hear God at all. Why? Because we are lost. The word lost means outside the presence of God. In the Bible, when you say someone has been is lost, it means that they are what? They are outside where? They're outside the presence of God. Any place, any, no matter how spiritual you are, if you're outside the presence, you're still lost. I mean, that heaven is still thinking about how to find you. Amen. To find, and Satan is bad. Satan made God lose all men. He just wanted all men to just be lost. And then he made men depart. Praise God. Second uh, Corinthians chapter 4 is if our gospel be hid, hid to them that are lost. You see that? So, in whom the God of this world had blinded world, the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should do what? Shine unto them. So if you are lost, it's a guarantee that the gospel, the glorious, when they say glorious gospel, it's not talking about the, the, the gospel of Christ alone or the meat of the word. The glorious gospel of Christ is talking about the full gospel. The full gospel or the gospel of the image of God. Because every glory is born by an image. right? The image of God which is in Jesus Christ, that, that God, it has a gospel. The gospel is the message of that image. That image has a message. Amen. Amen. 
And so that message, uh, when you see this world, what all this world is, is a, this world is a technology of making men lost. Right, how to make a man, when a man is configured, you know, when you say somebody's lost, it's not that they, they're in one place, you can't see them. Someone can be in front of you and the person is lost. What makes him lost is the configuration of the man. We saw that last time, we're talking about the, um, the things, lest any man spoil you, right, through philosophies, vain deceit, tradition of men, after the word, rudiment of the world and not after Christ. So when you're, a person is spoiled, to be spoiled actually is to be lost. When you say this is a spoiled person, you can't find them, they are in front of you, you can't access the person. Someone can, the presence of God can, or the spirit of God can be around and be speaking, but everything he's saying is lost on that person. Right, it's just speaking, season of speaking, time when the presence of God is manifestly, God is declaring his counsel, can be in his season, and the person can be right there in that season, participating, whatever. <laughs> but what happened? What God is saying, you can hear the words physically, but it doesn't mean that the person, if you are lost, you are lost. You understand? It means you are lost. You can't, the word, there will be no, there will be no entrance of the word which the Lord Almighty, the kind of things that the Lord Almighty says, those things cannot arrive at the location of the heart that is lost. Do you see that? They will not try it. Just try by, by force, sit down, I will explain this thing to you. You know, we feel like somehow there's a way to do it. Just capture the fellow, tie their hands, say, open your Bible to Hebrews chapter one. God, who has sundry times, didn't die well. You can do everything. Chain down the fellow, open their ear with loudspeaker. There's nothing you can do. If the person is lost, that's why that thing of a lost soul is a great problem that it took, why is it a great problem? It's the work of a God. A God, they call him the God of this world. Satan, the devil, amen. Um, he's the one who, praise Jesus, who made men lost. The one who made men lost is the, when you say someone is lost, it means that the gospel is hidden to them. The gospel, especially the gospel of God, is hidden to a person. You said, you okay, say after me. <laughs> you know, you know, just say after me. You preach all the gospel, the everlasting gospel. They will recite everything you are saying, but they are lost. It's hid to them. Do you see that? Is what is heed to them. When you, see, when you see a soul, no matter what you say, they are behaving a certain way. They, just, they are locked up in something. Can't break through into the essence. You know, after some time, how, a sign that you are lost is that after a while, you, you, you won't understand why everybody is behaving a certain way anymore. 
everybody begins to sing. Why are they all now becoming so fanatic? Why are they all becoming so crazy? Why are they all just becoming? <laughs> That's a sign that it's a sign of being lost. Like, like, um, praise God, like Cain. That was a tendency of, after some time, Cain couldn't understand Abel. Then, then after a while, he got angry. You know, he was watching Abel, Abel's deeds, his dealing, because his own deeds were evil. Abel was doing certain things. And then he, to a point, he didn't see anything in Abel. Why are you, you are being too extreme. You are being too extra. Then the day came that God accepted Abel and his sacrifice. And then Cain, God rejected it. Cain didn't see anything in that. For Cain to have left the presence, Cain didn't see anything anymore in the presence. Are we just going to be here? And then he looked at the whole earth, the whole vast, unexplored territory. Began to see all the things he can do on the earth. And are we just going to be here? What kind of is all these things we are doing? You know, God must have kept them around that zone. You know, I perceive it's possible that the life that Cain and Abel, you know, with their parents, Adam and Eve, and then Cain and Abel, it's possible the life they were living didn't involve too much, too much external, outward activity. There were not many things they were doing. There was a type of vocation, actually, what they were practicing was walking with God. Because that was the, that was the testimony. When you read those genealogy, you see, and this one walked with God. So, so and so years, walked with God. So, so and so years, walked with God, walked with God. You understand? But sin brings a temptation. The temptation of sin is to make walking with God seem boring, seem uneventful, praise God, seem worthless, and then make it seem like a waste of time. Right? Sin will paint something. That's the, what you call the world. The world is not the physical things. The world are its lusts. It's passions, it's invitation for exploration. That's what the world is. Glory to God. The, the biggest promise of the world is, I will give your life a meaning. You know that that promise no, is that no man can resist that. And, and you ask what, how will you give my life a meaning? You, know, you say, don't worry. Don't worry, whatever can be a meaning to you. World is, I have the array of things. Choose one, choose your own. Whatever, look at the world, whatever do you, what do you like in the world? I can, I can do what? I can give it to you. And then he will now tell you, God is meaningless. Right. That God is what? Meaningless. To make you so feel that God is what? Meaningless. That's the power of sin. And it takes a God to do that. The God of this world. Praise Jesus. Amen. Um, so we're lost. The, the job of the Lord, you know, Psalm 23, say the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The, the Lord, that's, this Lord, L-O-R-D, that's the capital Lord. 
right? It's also the Lord Almighty. Um, that the Lord is, he said, is my shepherd. So a shepherd is a person who tends after life. Everything that has to do with the flourishing of life, that's the work of the shepherd. That's why he feed and he will lead. He will feed and lead. Praise God. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. Leadeth me beside the word, still waters. Then he does what? He restored my soul. That's the, the capacity of the word. Of the, when he say he's restoring my soul, what does it mean to restore the soul? It's to put back in the soul things that are missing from the soul. It takes a Lord to put in the soul. Now tell me, what is a soul raised, developed to carry? Life. Life. The, the soul is a vessel of life. You see that? It's a, it's a vessel. And then when the enemy came, what does the world steal from the soul? Life. It's all the thief comment. Not except to steal, to kill. And to destroy, but the shepherd said, I have come, rather, that you may have what? Life, and you may have it more abundantly. I've come that they may have life, and they may have it more abundantly. So the, the shepherd is a dealer. So when you see a shepherd feeding and leading, he's feeding and leading so that life will emerge so that life will increase, so that life will appreciate. Glory to God. So that life will do what? Appreciate. It's for the increase of life. The purpose of shepherding is for the what? For the increase of life. To cause life to abound. That's how you know you're being shepherded. Right? If, when life is abounding, that's the effect of shepherding. So it means that every Lord has a life which he wants to give, right? Every, what makes them, Lord, the, the purpose, the essence of lordship is a life. In Genesis, what God had, as when he, the Lord Almighty, what he has in, with him that he wants to give Adam was what? Was a life, and the tree of life was a demonstration of that life in the garden. Do you see that? It was a what? A demonstration of that life. That this is that, that tree of life was telling Adam, this is my offering to you. That this is what? My offering to you. If you go the other way, you will die. You know, God warned him that if you eat the other one, that one, the other way is death. And then Satan came and said, you will not surely die. Not surely. That's, the, that's Satan talking to you. You won't surely, the thief, when the thief comet is coming to steal, he doesn't just come to kill, no, no, he, will, he has to steal first. When the power of stealing is the power of deception. Amen. Are you following me? The power of what? Of stealing is what? Satan is not a robber, he's a thief. 
you understand there's a difference between a robber and a thief. A robber is a weak fellow. Right, he will come with gun, whatever, at gunpoint, under duress. If give me your money or your, so with guns and all that, but <laughs> a thief is a thief. You, you are smiling, he's stealing from you. That's a thief. Right? You're smiling, you're, you won't shake him. After, after, after he's done, you will hug him. Oh, thank you. You have, you have greatly helped me. That's a thief. A thief. So, what's the difference between a thief and a robber? Wisdom. Wisdom. Anybody can be a robber. Not everybody can be a thief. To be a thief, you must have a spirit. Anybody who is a thief has spirit on them. You can't be. You won't do it. You you go to prison very quickly if you don't have spirit on you. Why you some thieves? They would, you you can never catch them. You get what I'm saying? Yes, sir. So thief, that thing, so it means Satan is, so that's why you see serpent. He manifests as the serpent. Means the serpent, it means he's a thief. And he came and he brought the conversation of wisdom. It's a wise conversation. That he told the woman that you will not surely die. He said the serpent was more subtle than every, any beast of the field which the Lord God had what, made. And he said unto me, had, had God said, he was, he was repeating the oracle, that you shall not eat of every tree of the garden, verse 2. And the woman said unto the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God had said, you shall not eat of it. Neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. Amen. And the serpent said unto the woman, ye shall not surely die. <laughs> For God doth know that in the day that ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be open. And then you shall be what? As God's knowing goes. So you see, Satan was telling the woman, your eyes are closed. You are not, you are not seen. There's a, he was telling Eve, there's something about life has a meaning entirely from what you are completely blind concerning life. You are just wasting time in this place. God just put you in one spot. To stay here and be doing something, tending guardian and all of that. Look, God just wants to keep you from something. There's a whole world of life that your eye needs to be what? Open to. Because you will be as gods, knowing what? Good and evil. Verse 6 quickly. It says, and when the woman saw that a tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took the, of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did what? He did what? Eat. Amen. So, are you saying, so before the, the opening, so there are a series of opening of the eyes that happened here. You know, when they ate the fruit, their eyes were open. They saw that they were naked. But before that opening of the eyes happened, her eye was first open 
to see or to see another tree. Right, it's two, there are two openings of the eyes here. First opening, she was there, she was looking at that tree, but she wasn't seeing the tree. But when the Satan came, so what did Satan do? He has something in his mouth that has the ability to cause eyes to see. To eat. So let's read that place again. The woman saw that they, she saw that the tree was good for food. It was pleasant to the eyes. A tree to be desired to make one wise. If she took the, of the tree, the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave unto also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. Then the eyes of them both were open. And then he knew they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves. He pronounced, what is this seven, this second opening of eyes of a seven? This opening of eyes is different from the first one. This one is, is a wisdom that the fruit gave to them. The fruit gave them a wisdom that the mouth of Satan alone could not give. Or the mouth of the serpent, let me not say, let me not say Satan now, because Satan is the tree itself. <laughs> he just entered into a serpent, and the serpent was talking. <laughs> right, he's, he's, he, he entered the serpent, the serpent was, but the tree itself is the tree of his person. The tree of his, his the tree is actually, that tree was an angel of the devil. An angel means an actual messenger of Satan. How do I know? Because he has fruit. Anything in this era, you can almost equate tree to person. Human beings should bear fruit. Tree bear fruit. You understand this? You can always equate what? A tree to what? To a person. There was an, there's a wisdom, there's a technology of Genesis about the botanical life that is not present in this current, yes, in this current life. When the Bible will say that you shall become trees of righteousness, planting of the Lord. It's talking about your soul becoming a tree. So that tree, it means that soul can take tree configuration. Right? So can do what? Take a tree configure. Means that the essence of what a tree is is beyond just a physical thing that you eat. There's something about the wisdom of a tree. Amen. And it's very clear there's something about that tree. If it could make their eyes open and to realize they were naked, there was something in the tree. What the tree imparted into them was a type of wisdom. Verse six, chapter seven, right? To prove it, go to verse 6. Verse 6, it said, When the woman saw that the tree was good for food and was pleasant to the eyes 
and a tree to be desired to make one what wise. What did she do? She then took the fruit thereof. So it means that the tree could make one wise. That as soon as they ate it, the effect, them both, the effect of the wisdom began to manifest. They didn't need Satan to say you are naked. When they ate the fruit, they knew that they were naked. Knowledge came. Something just came on them in, from within because they had eaten fruit. What is fruit? Fruit is, fruit is nature from persons. Fruit actually is spirit. Fruit is spirit. When you eat fruit, it, it produces a life. A kind of a life expression. We will know that this life is death. This is what God was warning them about. Amen. Amen. So let's go back again. Just, I just want to see something here quickly then before we move on. So it says, and when the woman saw, I love that thing, the woman saw. When the woman saw, why did she see? She was preached to. The serpent was... Satan was looking for after man who is the next preaching entity who can talk, who has wisdom, who has subtlety. When you want to steal, you need wisdom. Anytime you want to steal, you need a preacher. Do you get that? The preacher, those Yahoo boys, they are thieves. They are the real thieves. They are not the ones who carry guns. The ones who type Mercy, that is a gospel. They just write <laughs> gospel of thievery. Chapter 4, verse 19. <laughs> Amen. So those boys, they are so anointed that when they write gospel for you, what happens? You begin to see. They can, they can give sight on the spot. I was, I was reading the other, was it just a few days ago that a whole, was it a whole city or something in somewhere in the US? Wrote, was it like how many million dollars check for some Nigerian boys or something like that? So, so imagine how anointed do you have to be, you make. <laughs> There's another ridiculous one that they were, they were able to sell, was it an airport or something that does not exist? What? <laughs> To it was it a country they sold it to? Oh. So those guys are no arm rob. There's no amount of gun in the world that can make you right, make a nation sell to to, to buy an, 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 an a non-existing airport or something. Is a spirit? A spirit. Amen. So, so the devil looked for an animal who, who has a subtlety of talking, subtlety of speaking for to preach. So it's wisdom. We are seeing two, two levels. I'm sure this is the, the, the negative side, the, the dev, devilish side of it. But you see it's the same thing. You see two wisdoms for wisdom of 
Um, there's a wisdom of opening of the first opening of the eyes. The first opening of the eye is what will make you see the spirit. Uh, right, that's the first wisdom. When some person is becoming to, wants to begin to become wise, they are, you, must, you must install wisdom at two, two main levels of wisdom. Two main operations. Then you see the, the ministry of salvation, redemption, and the gospels and the Bible is also after the same pattern. Anybody who lacks the first wisdom will not, never have the second wisdom. You need, first of all, the first wisdom to open the vessel to the spirit. Right? That's the first wisdom. Is it our wisdom? Is the wisdom of preaching? The, is the of is the wisdom um, that that operates for the giving of understanding? That was just what the serpent was doing here. He was he spoke to Eve until Eve's eyes. He was just talking to her. She, she began to see a tree that she will look for. She will, she will be looking at. Nothing will occur to her. Honestly, nothing will just occur. It's just that, that's just that tree that God said we shouldn't eat. The tree was just there. God said we shouldn't eat it. She will never think twice. She will, she will pass the tree. You understand what I mean? Pass it. She won't think anything. But then when he spoke to her, the woman saw it was good. Are you seeing that good for food is a revelation? That is that's the purpose. The purpose of revelation is to re- help you recognize something is good for food. Pleasant to the eyes. A tree to be desired to make one wise. That's the the reason for revelation. The reason for revelation. Revelation will do all these things. It makes you, revelation makes you see and perceive the goodness of a thing. And then when you are able to see the goodness of it, if you can perceive the goodness, the perception of goodness awakens desire. A desire that was not there before. A desire that you, you nothing before, honestly, there was nothing in Eve for this tree. Nothing. All that God said was enough for her concerning it. She wouldn't even think of it. But because of what preaching of the serpent, what happened? She began to see it, amen, and she saw its pleasantness, amen. The power of preaching is to make, is to unlock pleasantness. To make something that you normally ignore. Ooh, this thing, there's actually something inside this thing that is pleasant. Good for food. Pleasant. And then last one is desire to do what? Make one wise. Promise of wisdom. This is the, the promise of an actual wisdom. So you see one wisdom is a, one wisdom is a servant of the next. Or the first wisdom is a preacher, is a, is a servant of what? 
of the next one wisdom and then another wisdom. Glory to Jesus. Amen. Amen. So anything that Satan did, he learned it from, who did he learn it from? From God. Everything he's doing, he doesn't have his own things. He just took what God does and then started using it for bad purposes. Right, he twisted it. So if God wants to help you, God has to has to want God, let me, let me just turn the gospel another way so that you will see it in just one way, okay? Maybe because of what the blessing I feel God wants to bring today. What God wants to do for to you is to steal from you. I know you understand the aspect of him giving you things. You know, he said, I, I came that you may have life. You may have it. That's true. But I want to think about it. Why? Because there are some things that are in you that God doesn't want to be in you. All these things that Eve took from the tree, they've not left. They have been there here. They are, that tree has been more, we've been sharing it for generations. This tree, around the world, all the cultures, all men have their own portion. We've been, it's been here. Since, but this thing, God has to find a way to remove it. But man will never give it up. Right, so God needs his own salty. God had to raise his own serpent. Right, that's the, the gospel. He spoke about causes any man that hangs on the tree. He said, as the Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so is the son of man being what? Lifted up. Even so must the Son of Man. That was, when you see Jesus on the cross, it's a serpent on the tree. It's a serpent on the tree. That serpent has a message. He has a gospel to preach to men. You know, he's a thief also. He hung with thieves on the tree. Right? But he's not, he's, he's not a stealer of life. He's a thief of death. He steals death from men.
Thank you, Jesus. 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 the Lord this is this is the manner of the gospel this is the manner of my gospel this is the manner of my preaching this is the manner of my teaching this is how I open eyes this is how I have come to open eyes I have come to open eyes by causing you to tremble I have come to bring trembling for when you look up to that serpent, you tremble. And as you tremble, you are healed. You are healed. I have come to heal your heart of that which doesn't cause you to tremble at my word. For as I sent the serpents to cause them to look unto me, so I am sending the word in my subtlety. I am taking those things away from you that stops you from looking up to me, that stops you from looking unto the serpents. Because as you look unto my serpents, you wonder. As you wonder, you tremble. As you tremble, you wonder. As you wonder, you tremble. We wonder and tremble. You have to tremble and wonder. That is the secret to causing change. Hearts have to tremble. Hearts have to tremble. Look up. Look up. Look up. Look up. Look up. 
For on the ground is that which keeps taking life from you. Look up to my word. Look up. Look up. Look up. They are taking life from you. I am giving life to you. They are taking life from you. They are taking life from you. The world is high, but I am higher. <laughs> the world is high, but I am higher. In my sight, the world is a level plane, but in, in my sight, my word is high. Look up, tremble, tremble at these very words, and you will be healed. Thank you, Father. Glory to Jesus. Amen, 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 amen. Thank you. So you have um you know Jesus, thank you, Father. Thank you. Hallelujah. It's not serpent talks about wisdom. Said as the Moses lifted up the serpent. So you know you know the story of that whole thing, right? They were they were being beaten by wild Serpents in the wilderness. You see, that, those serpents also imply the sting of death. Those are just li- little, little devils. You know, Satan has distributed his sting into, he has recruited an army of serpents, serpents like him, who are, who are in the world. They are just, they sting souls. In one day, a person can have 200 bites. All right? You, you get stung here, stung here, stung here, stung here, stung here. Because the, his venom has been distributed into the world and it's difficult to escape the venom. That's the, the evil that is in the world that Jesus spoke about. There's difficulty to escape in just one day alone. This, the, what the soul magnets, right? Things of death. The world committing things, lusts and prides and all those things, even into souls. Glory to God. Said so therefore the people came to Moses and said, Numbers twenty one verse seven. So we have seen, for we have spoken against the Lord, against the pray unto the Lord that He take away the serpents from us. And then Moses prayed for the people. Verse eight. And the Lord said unto Moses, Make thee a fairy serpent. The uh, serpent is the word fairy. And set it upon a pole, and it shall come come to pass that everyone that is beaten, when he looketh upon it, shall leave. When you look upon that serpent, are you getting what I'm saying? So the, the gaze on the serpent. Has he said that Moses made a serpent of brass, put on a pole, and it came to pass that if a serpent had beaten any man, when he beheld the serpent of brass, he lived. 
You see that? So that serpent, beholding that serpent, it has the ability to, to remove the, the effect, the venom, the sting of death. Hallelujah. So if you behold Jesus, because it said that as, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, when I say as, it means it's the same kind of operation as Moses, what God did in the wilderness physically, what God is doing spiritually, is that he's lifting up what the son, so must the son of man be lifted up. And if he's lifted up, every man that looks upon him, Glory to God. Now, now, when you look at the serpent, what do you get from him? It's a, the, the, Jesus is a, is a beam of wisdom. He's a, his nature sheds wisdom. It, he gives wisdom. You know, wisdom is the antidote against the sting of sin. Sin, right, First Corinthians explained it that the, when, so when desire conceived, lost is conceived, it brings forth sin, and then what? When it's finished, it brings forth death. It said that the, the sting of death is sin. And the, the strength of sin is the law. The sting of death. When it says sting, it's talking of a, it, means that, it means that the serpent really, the real serpent is death. But when it stings, it brings forth sin. Sin is the sting. So how you attach, the reason why it's difficult for somebody who is married, a friend of the world, to be free from sins, is because of the stings of the world, uh, right? It, uh, every sting is a commitment of venom. Take, when the serpent bites the person, it moves into the stream, and then that venom begins to do, it begins to rot death over time. You won't die instantly, but over time, it begins to disintegrate the, the body. Something happens on the inside. That's what sin does to a person. That sting is sin. So the world is loaded with the venom, praise Jesus, of the enemy. But he said, as the son of man is lifted up, so what? As the serpent was lifted up in the wilderness, so is the son of man being lifted up. He's being lifted. So when he's lifted, it's for the purpose of seeing him. It's for seeing him. It's for seeing him. But to see him is not that easy. Because of what sin wrought. What sin wrought was a blindness. Or you, they call it a hiding. It makes that man, it didn't just make man be dying. Let man be lost also. Right? Let man be what? Let man be lost. Let man be lost. So if man is lost... What can happen? Even if the sun is lifted up, there must be the task of believing in him. Yes. Now, what is veil against? He said that the veil that he that is lost 
to him, if the gospel is veiled, is veiled to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. Amen. Amen. So put this together with, so that those who believe him, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Right? As the serpent was lifted up in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not what? Perish, but have ever. Are you seeing that? Believeth in him. So, Satan fights verse 15. So that verse 14, the effect of verse 14 will not happen. Right? So, the gospel be veiled, is veiled to them that believe not. Right? Blinded the minds. This is talking about specific blindness of the mind. That's what the God of this world is doing. Is to blind the mind of them that believe not. So what he's saying is that, that what the construction of the veil over the mind is for to, to destroy, to weaken the capacity of believing. If you are unable to believe, you can't see him lifted up. Right? You cannot see Jesus lifted. So those, when you say them that believe not, praise God, are those to whom the gospel is hid from them. What he calls believing is, we can go over Bible, over New Testament, what they call believing, this is the, is the criteria anybody must have to have dealing with the Son. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten, whosoever believeth in him. Right. Whosoever believeth in him. So, so believing, or that, this thing called believeth, is almost, you can see, he it, it, gave the son, but, but also, they made it conditional. It means not everyone will believe. If not everyone believes, it means some will perish. Because to not perish, you must believe. So this, this giving of God, of the Son, or even the idea of the Son being lifted up. So a person can be in a season where the Son is lifted, but they are not able to behold. They are not able to see the serpent. And in the wilderness, why would they say as many as, let me stop everyone look. Some people died on that day. It means that looking at him is not a guarantee. It's not a guarantee that every soul, that when Jesus is being lifted, it's not a guarantee that in the season of his, of his, that, that his season of him being lifted is a time of his appearance, when he's being shown for the, every time Jesus is appearing, is for coming for the removal of sin, to deal with sin and to deal with death. 
But such a season doesn't guarantee that every soul, there is a condition on that attitude, that thing of believing. Say believing. Believing, believing is important. Is now, I love that verse 15, 14, verse 15. They are, they are actually language of, that has to do with two provisions of wisdom or two wisdom operations. There is an operation of wisdom which, which is actually the actual um, operation of dealing with sin and death. That is the real operation of wisdom. That is the, that's the dealing that believing will usher you into. Right? Believing is to usher you into that time where a soul begins to have the capacity to, for the dealing with what? The wisdom. You know, sin is a, is a, sin is a wisdom construct. If it came from a serpent, it's a wisdom construct. Venom is not that easy to remove. You can't just, you see someone has been beaten by a snake. You can't just then just remove the bite. No. If you, the best you can do is maybe quickly tie a tourniquet or something so that it won't flow beyond that place where it has gotten to. Because it has the ability to, flip, to move into the streams of a man. Uh, right? He wants to flow. He wants to enter into the stream and pull the streams. When he gets into the stream, it goes into the whole person, into the whole body, and that time is too late. So if, someone, if a person has got into that state where you can't localize the bite, the, the, it has gone into the stream of the person, the only thing that can solve that problem is an anti-venom. An anti-venom is a wisdom product. It's not a brutal thing. It's not cutting, it hasn't, it's flowing inside the man. You need something that can equally travel into the streams of the man and begin to combat the, what? The effect of the venom. Praise God. Say sin is a wisdom. And sins are wisdom construct. Sins are the product, the children of wisdom. That's why they are difficult. They don't easily go. They don't. They, they, stay, they find a way to stay. When you are happy that they have gone, you now you now discover after some time you can get sad again when you see I'm still here. It means that there's something the wisdom of sins. Amen. Glory to Jesus. But thank God for for Jesus. The Bible calls him the seed of the woman who will bruise the head of the serpent. That word, the head of the serpent, is not just physically. It's talking about the head is the wisdom of the serpent. That any time you have the seed in you, 
it bruises serpent's wisdom. It means that the seed, the seed is, the, is, the, is the antidote to the wisdom of the serpent. You need the sun. Tell someone you need the sun. We need Jesus. Amen. So verse 14 said that those, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the son of man be what? So must he be lifted up. Right. Now, there's a reason why the son must be lifted. So, he said, as they lifted up the serpent, God instructed him, that serpent must be lifted. You, you don't, if you want to gaze at him, you won't gaze at him in a condescending gaze. You must gaze at him with an elevation. There's something about an elevation. He said, I will lift up my eye to the hills from whence cometh my help. That is when you, the sense of looking up, when you are looking up is a, is a sign of submission to help. Right? You have submitting so forth, to where my help cometh from. My help comes from the Lord. You have to, you must look up to Jesus. The sign of looking up is also a sign of believing. Why? Because unbelief makes you look downward. It stops. Unbelief is a spoiler. It spoils the capacity for men to look upward. It makes you want, you feel every answer is here. So when you say someone is looking down, he's talking about you are banking on your devices. You know, that was what sin, sin made man a downward man. That the curse, you'll be a tiller of the ground. Go and focus on the ground. Now you were made for heavenly things, now go and focus on the earth. That's what sin has done to you. So in the sweat of your face, you will eat brown. Man became bent, almost like an ant. Every animal is bent like this. It's a sign that they have no high calling. The reason why animals are bent, they crawl like they have, have you seen an animal who just looks up? Even those who stand up is for a short time. <laughs> they still come down, the, the ape family. They don't just walk around, they still bend downward. It's, it's telling you that they don't have, their destiny is on the ground. No animal has an upward destiny. Nothing, about it, nothing concerns them about upward. Every animal is different. They don't have a spiritual soul. They have a soul, but their soul is concerned with the, it's a ground, it's a ground looking soul. Because nothing about the height concerns them. So they didn't make them upward. Those are, those are spiritual you know, metaphors. They are metaphors of the spirit. But man was not like that. Man is, an, is a homo erectus. He's an, he's an erect fellow. You understand what I mean? He's different from all other creatures. He stands. Man was meant to look up because his destiny is upward. He was made forward for the height. But sin then made man a tiller of the ground. 
right? All Cain began to see was land, cities, all of those things. That's what <laughs> seduced him. So one of the things, what the gospel does, the gospel make men look up. I'm not talking of your physical look. That's justification. I'm talking of your soul. You can, somebody can be walking around with his shoulder like he's looking up, but the soul is a crawler on the ground. It's just crawling on the ground like the serpent. Means that all you're concerned about is earthly stuff, your devices, my this, my that. Amen. But the gospel is different. The gospel makes a person so the son of man must be lifted up. He must be lifted up. Praise God. Now, if the Son of Man is lifted up, he will draw all men unto him. He said, if I be lifted up from the earth, so if I be what Jesus was saying is particular. There are many things you can read into the divine. See, he's talking about his ascension. Well, say anything. Praise God. But even if it's the ascension, the ascension also typifies something. It means that the earth can't hold him. It means that when he resurrected, he became better than the earth. Right, he became a heavenly man. He can't stay here. A cloud came to receive him. Glory to Jesus. So the reason for him being lifted is for the purpose of drawing. To draw, anything that will draw must be a wisdom framed entity. Pool, draw means pull. He has the ability to pull you. Pull you from what? Pull you from your enjoyment. Pull you from your ignorance. You know, man needs a draw. Every man needs a draw. If they don't draw you, nobody comes to God. No one is righteous. No one seeks righteousness. No one desires righteousness. There's nobody who inherently, inherently just want God. It's a lie. You're a lie. Everybody, nobody really, really wants God. Amen. Amen. There has, but there has to be something in Jesus that, you know, Jesus was, before Jesus came, God was, was on the earth in some represented fashion. You had the priesthood. You had all of those things. But men began to prove constantly that the, the prophet lament, no man seeketh after God. Nobody. Nobody's interested in God. Amen. But heaven had to find a way to frame a man who, who will be so powerful that what men don't want. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Now, imagine you guys seated here now. You guys, you don't really, really yet fully. You understand what I mean? That you don't like sitting down here, but you are sitting down here. 
<laughs> Who likes sitting down here? Let me know the liars in the house. <laughs> I'm just joking, I'm just joking. I know you love, I know you love sitting here. <laughs> huh? What was that? We love sitting, I know you love sitting here. <laughs> Praise God. So it means that what is keeping you down here is a kind of power, whether you agree or not. If you say there's no power, they'll go. We'll start, you, start, you saw that. You will come back after some time. When you go, you realize, <laughs> well, well uh, after proving your point, you will come back. You understand? If some people go to prove a point, you just be waiting for them and be praying for them. Lord, when is their time of point proving? Hasting it. <laughs> Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Isn't Jesus powerful? Yes, Lord! Imagine a man who lived 2,000 years ago and left, and you are sitting, we are all sitting here every time just coming to listen, coming to, listen to him. That's, that's a power. Not just you, billions of people on the earth looking for him. Looking for him. You know the greatest power? Those who don't want him are looking for him. Amen. Somebody who just feels like drinking coffee and sleeping on Sunday morning, which will gather himself and shower and go to church <laughs> and come back is a power. Mm. Thank you, Father. Interpretation. It is me. It's me, it's me, it's me for men, it's me for men, it is me, <laughs> me, 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 for me, in me is power, in me is the power, in me is that power, in me is that power, look nowhere else, that is where that power is, that power is in me, I have come, I am here, and I am drawing, I am drawing, I am exposing, I am revealing, I am showing why you need to 
drawn to me. I am showing you the filthiness. I am showing you the infidelities. I am showing you the iniquities. I am showing you the weakness. My power is making it known. My power is making it known. It is my power. It is my effective power. It is a power that is working. It is a power that is pulling. It is a power that is working. It is a power from my spirit. It is a power from my Lord. He has come to cleanse, to cleanse, and to cleanse. Amen. So Jesus has something. Amen. Thank you, Father. Father. Amen. Um, wisdom. Wisdom. Um, wisdom has the ability to engage the will. That's the power of wisdom. Right? It's the ability. I was talking about the thief. One is a robber, one is a thief. Robber can't, is weak when it comes to the will. He has to use force to make someone against their will do something, give their things. But a thief is different. A thief has wisdom. It will make you willingly give what you are carrying. So that's what Satan has. Satan has the ability to make men willingly receive death, to die willingly. Not by force. It's not by, by force. It's by willingly. It will fellowship with you. And then he will convince you that this thing that is, is actually an evil that will cause death, he will convince you it's good. Like he walked on Eve's wheel, right? Then she began to see, oh, wow, it's good for food. To make one wise, that's wisdom. Wisdom has just operated 
to engage the will, to make wisdom mix one willing. Right? So the people shall be willing in the day of his power, in the beauties of holiness. The purpose of the power is to make holiness beautiful. No man wants holiness, but wisdom beautifies holiness. It makes holiness become beautiful. And a man will want to be holy, even not caring about the cost of being holy. That to be holy, you will suffer some things, you say, yeah. We we'll take things from you, say, yeah. You will suffer loss, say, yeah. This, your life will not be like others. You might not enjoy life the way you normally are projected to. You will say, no problem. I want holiness. Any soul who can make that such a bargain is doing it from a wisdom. Right? It's only wisdom can do that. You must have become wise somehow. The Bible calls it wise unto salvation. Second Timothy, I think chapter 3. Holy Scriptures. And that from a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make the wise. You see that. So this wisdom is the first wisdom. Right? It's unto. Salvation itself is a wisdom. When the season of salvation begins to occur, is a wisdom season, is a, a, a season of fruit, is something on the inside. It's, it's like the second one that happened to Eve. After the preaching, or that made her see that it's good for food, then she had to now begin to eat the fruit of it, which contains the nature properties. Praise Jesus. So he said, from a child I was known the Holy Scripture, which are able to make the wise unto what? Salvation through faith, which is in Christ. I love the word. They're speaking about faith here. This faith here, amen, is talking about the capacity of believing. So the power of the Scripture is to produce believing. It's to raise believers. Right? That's what is expected. When you are learning the scripture, you must become a believer. Right? Don't hang around the Bible and not be becoming a believer. You will be, you will be evil after some time. If you, want, if, you want, if you want to try, do an experiment with your soul. But don't do it. Amen. You know some souls are stubborn. Some of us inherited stubbornness from our parents, from our, it's inside us. You know that stubbornness of, this is how I want it. You must, you know, that kind of thing. Don't be like that. A soul like that can just, can stay with the scripture and the scripture is talking. Things are happening. You just say, no. No. This is not the way I want it. You, will, you know that thing is a hardiness against, and rather the scripture is meant to soften in your heart is to soft to heal your heart to create a softness that's a, a, a believer actually somebody who has attained I'll call it the meekness of faith faith has it's a kind of meekness do you know what is meekness of faith it's, it's a kind of um, 
is a is childishness. It's not childishness maybe of stature nature. It's childishness of his willingness to be deceived. That's the only, I'm sure that's the best word I can use, but it's not to be deceived though. You know the Bible says, as deceivers, yet true. That's 2 Corinthians chapter 6, where just if you go to the beginning chapters, Paul was talking about the nature of their, the gospel, the ministry they have. It's, it's a certain way. There's just a way that it is. It's configured after a certain pattern. That when you are configured with the gospel, you become a bearer of the gospel, you will be as a deceiver to men. It's just, if you're not willing to be like a deceiver, don't take the gospel. No, when you want to just be seen like clean, pure, all men, good man. See, that, that pastor is a good pastor. Then no pastor doesn't want to be called that. I want to be called, ah! That's a good pastor. But you now realize sometimes the gospel is shifting you into some terrain. Why? You know, the, devil, the gospel will want you to start tampering with men's things. Someone has called you good pastor before. <laughs> it comes with the terrain. Jesus said, you're not greater than the master. If it happened to you, they killed me. Have they killed you yet? They've not killed you. Me, I died on the cross. Not just Jesus, all his disciples. They killed all of them, his disciples. It's, it's part of it. He said that there will be a time when those who kill you will think they are doing God a favor. It's in the Bible. Right. By honor, by this, he's talking of in the preaching of the gospel. By honor and dishonor, by evil report, go as deceivers, yet true. Yet true. You know, one of the things, what I, that thing I call meekness of faith, I describe it as the willingness to be deceived. But I'm using, that's just the kind of figure of speech I'm using. But you see some souls who stand their ground. No, no, no. But you're, amen. When, when pastor is coming, you are checking the, the message. Hey, well, check. Wow. That, I saw that movement right there. That movement is... <laughs> you, can't be look, you can't be guarding your things and look up at the same time. The gospel really is to make you look up. Look up. When you're looking up, you forget all your things. Whence cometh my help? It's a kind of meekness of what? Of faith. Kind of meekness. Meekness of faith. So, wisdom. The first kind of, the first part of wisdom is to produce that kind of attitude. To save a person is not easy. Before they now begin to tamper with your real problem, they must do many things about you first. Some of you, not you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. But what I'm trying to say is that if you reject the dealings of the initiation, there's a wisdom initiation. 
there's a, there's a wisdom of initiation. That initiation is the wisdom that breaks you into foolishness. Right, that, what we call the, the foolishness of preaching. That is not how, where are the wise, where are the prudent, where are the disputers of the, has God not made foolish the wisdom of this world? God in wisdom made it that not through wisdom should men know him, but by the what, foolishness of what preaching glory to Jesus. First Corinthians chapter one, is it there? Amen. Yes, First Corinthians one verse twenty. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer? What say disputer of this world? So you know these are all spirits, right? That can flow in men. It can be inside Christians. A Christian, when you see the nature of the Christian, is a disputer. This is a disputer by nature. Satan can configure it. Not every people have their. We have our own different things. But there are some people that is your own gift, your spiritual gift from the devil. It's disputer. Hey, prove it. Somebody is saying, ah, you mean I should just be foolish and maybe a pastor should deceive me? And, yeah, yeah. You know what? I, have you ever, do you ever think at some times, is my boss deceiving me at work? <laughs> my manager, my company, are they deceiving me? You understand what I mean? You just go every <laughs> without thinking. You just show up <laughs> every day. Eh? Willingly. I mean, I can tell you, this one is not 100% they are deceiving you. That one is not even a doubt. <laughs> but you, you know they are deceiving you. You still show up every day. You give your whole life to them, everything. Amen. We know now. You know, you know everybody is being deceived. You know that. The world is not proportional. The guys who are doing this stuff, in a company, 20% of, are doing 80% of the work. Sometimes, it's nothing is in this world is equitable. If that's the word you want to use, there's nothing fair in the world. How can it be fair? You're, you're, it's a realm of spirits. Spirits have their agenda. Men have their own. How can it be fair? It can't be fair. But when it comes to Jesus, you want to that full stop. Is it supposed to be there, or is it is it really? This particular word, um, in the mind of the, in the context of the, amen. Why some of you didn't even read your employment letters uh, fully? (laughs) Am I lying? You don't even know what, you just check the figure, ah, okay, yeah. Whether they wrote there that from now on we own you, we own your generation, your family, you don't know. You don't, yeah, I just said, yeah, that was, when I, ah, I, I can start on Monday. <laughs> is that the way it is? They released the thief and killed Jesus. 
They were imagine scrutinizing Jesus. What has he done? What did he do? He healed some people. This guy has killed, he's a killer. We know he's a killer. They said, no, give us Barabbas. In church, he said, no, I'm not, I don't like that church. They backbite, you know, they, they, they gossip a lot. That's my problem with that fellowship, the gossip. But your office, the, this, the, the, amen. The beans who are there. You said, you, you. I'm not you they say you I'm not good. They gossip in the office. I'm not working anymore. I'm going away. They they don't um I mean, when you go, I just I just felt coldness. They don't love me. I just you know, every time in the office it's just so cold, you know. They don't hug me every time. They have their own they have clicks, they clicks. <laughs> but on on Monday what happened? 8 a.m. you carry your but someone can leave fellowship and church because uh, no, that fellowship they just uh, no. What's your problem with the fellowship? That they are not all sitting on the throne yet. Is that not the problem? So because of that, you left the fellowship. No one of you have left anywhere, but I'm just saying, I'm, t- I'm preaching. I, sometimes when you are preaching, you don't know who you are preaching to, so I'm just sorry. <laughs> Please, I'm not talking to you guys. You're, it's clear, not, you are here and I'm not talking to you, so. Um, <laughs> I'm just talking, it's just hard stuff. We're dealing with some things. Amen. Amen. It says, has God not made foolish the wisdom of this world? Right? For, af- for after that, in the wisdom of God, in his own wisdom, that the world by wisdom knew God not. If you follow wisdom, you will know him. But it pleased God that by the foolishness of preaching, to save who? Them that believe. So the, the purpose of to pro, of preaching is to produce believers, but if it's, if it's believers you want to produce, not um, not uh, scribes or what, not investigators or not disputers, not doubters. If it's believer you want to produce, the only thing you can use to raise them is foolishness. So any, every believer, the sign of believers, you are compatible with foolishness. You are okay with foolishness. When I say food, I mean things that are foolish to this world. You must be okay with them. That's what makes you a believer. The 
preaching is a, is a kind of method. It's actually, but in preaching is great wisdom. Great wisdom. So great, so great. Preaching, the wisdom in preaching can unlock the most twisted soul. You don't know how powerful foolishness is until you begin to try it. Just go, I've been foolish, half of your problem have gone away. Half has just gone. Half of the weight just left you. You know, it's called the law of the weight you are carrying because you are too wise. And problems look for wise people, am I correct? <laughs> so you are, so you have wisdom. Wait, I'm here. Come on, undo me. I'm, come on, solve me. I'm here to be solved. Is that, you can't say, once you take wisdom as a garment, everywhere you look, you see problem. Uh, I don't like the way that um, you, do. you see how he, he didn't in that greeting the way he greeted there was something about that <laughs> so it means that in the greeting there's a problem in that greeting that must be solved it's your wisdom that same problem what a foolish guy oh he greeted me <laughs> he doesn't see anything <laughs> that so they must preach until the sin become foolish. In that foolishness, foolish, your foolishness is, is room for his wisdom. Are you getting that? It's, your, it's you they want to be foolish so that he can be wise in you. This, the, the problem is, is, is simple. His wisdom and your wisdom are not compatible. They can't stay with each other. They find fault with each other. Your wisdom will accuse him and he will accuse your wisdom. You are bad. You are deceiving this man. You are wasting his life. This is not what his soul is for. That's the wisdom of Christ. Talking against the wisdom of the world in you. They will forever fight. One must go. One, must go. one, of, one is trying to, to make your life about the present. The other one is trying to make your life about the future. And you can't carry both at the same time. One must win. Are you seeing the battle of wisdom? Battle of wisdom. We need. You need to tell someone you need to be a believer. That's what the gospel wants to make you. It wants to make you a believer. To make you a believer. Amen. So then faith comes by hearing. Romans. Go back. How can they? Okay, yeah? This is fine. 
Let's see that verse from verse 10. So with a heart one man believeth unto what? Righteousness. With the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture said, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto who? All that call upon his name. Amen. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? How can you call on him in whom you are? You know what is calling on him means? It's not just shouting. When you say, I called on him, it means you're, you're looking for solution. Who do you call in the time of solution? Like Calling on him means what power do you employ? What forces do you employ? At the end of the day, you will, you will employ who you believe in. Yes, sir. Right? Yes, sir. So there's a big problem. The word calling on him is like looking on him. Right? It's as many that believe that will look on him. But if they have not believed, how shall they, shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? How shall they believe in him who they have not heard? And how shall they hear without who? Without a, this is Bible. Bible will say, how would they hear without a preacher? Without a preacher. You can't read Bible to have faith alone. Even when you are reading, oftentimes you have to read into what has been preached to you. Yes, sir. They will, they, you, need to, you need a preacher. This, this place is saying the necessity of a preacher because a preacher is not just, amen. amen. Satan needed a preacher. The tree was there. Everything Satan said was in that tree. The tree had been there with Eve. No effect, nothing. She passed by it like nothing is there. God can come here raw without a preacher. You won't even know God is there. You won't even stop by. How long has the Bible been here? The Bible has been with men for a long time. We don't know anything because of slowness of heart, like Jesus said. Oh, you slow of heart to, to believe. You see, that was the problem that they had. They were, they were slow to believe. It's not that they didn't read it. You think those guys didn't know what was written about Jesus? How he must suffer all these things and enter into his glory. They've read all the books, the, the Lord, the prophet, the Psalms. They've read all those messianic things they knew, but they were slow of heart to believe. Slow. So that was a, Jesus faulted them. You are slow to believe. That's your problem. You are slow. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Slow. How you deal with that is preaching must occur. Preaching is like a, is an invention of God. Right? It's, it's a preaching power. You know, it's clear that preaching power has been there since. It's clear that Satan preached to angels to make them fall. That those entities, they have 
preaching ability. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. <laughs> so you see that preaching is an operation of wisdom. It's wisdom. It's the kind of wisdom. It's a, it's a spirit. Preaching takes what is there that everybody has been seeing before, but it has difficulty in the engagement of the will. That's the difficulty that preaching solves. The thing is there is you are here, you are cold towards it. You don't even see there's anything. You don't care about it. Nothing here for me. I have other interests. But when the spirit of preaching comes, which is operation, a kind of wisdom, it begins to talk in a manner with a spirit to deliver fresh eyes. After ah, you saw it is good, oh, pleasant to the eyes. Desirable to make one wise. Are you seeing what preaching does? Yeah. So you see that thing is, is the first wisdom. Do you see that? So you, you must understand, everybody must understand the wisdom of, it's wisdom but it's foolishness. They call it foolishness of preaching. It's just talking in opposites, right? You, when you're talking about two opposite realms, you can flip things around. What is foolishness here is wisdom here. What is wisdom here? It's foolishness on the other side. So, so the first wisdom is, you can call it the wisdom of preaching. Right? There is a wisdom. The wisdom of preaching is the, is the principal wisdom of lordship. It's the principal word, or the principal spirit, sorry. The spirit of wisdom is the principal spirit of lordship. Is the principal spirit of what? Lordship. Lordship. Do you see that? Is the principal spirit of what? Lordship. And is also the is the is the amen. amen. Glory to God. When they expanded the spirit of the Lord in Isaiah chapter eleven, we saw the first one is the spirit of wisdom. Is, the, is what gives access. Right? It's the first thing. It's the principal thing. It's what, wisdom is what initiates getting. Then in all that getting, get understanding. Right? Wisdom is the principal thing. Wisdom is the first thing. Wisdom is the engager. The will wasn't interested. That's a difficult job. Wisdom can tap the wheel, say, come, hmm. come, 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 come. Yes, you have been ignoring something. You say, no, 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 no. Hey, calm down. Just come and see. 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 Thank you. Wisdom makes you begin to see. Begin to see. Say, I'm not understanding anything. Hey, 
find wisdom. So what I'm saying, if you want to be an enemy of anything, don't be an enemy of wisdom. Just make wisdom your friend. In, in, in so I'm making wisdom of your friend. Your friend means number one, never hate preaching. Right? Don't hate what preaching. If you reject preaching, you reject the spirit of wisdom. Amen. Say so the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom, and then what? Understanding, counsel, and might, spirit of knowledge, and of what? Of the fear of the Lord. Knowledge and of the fear. So this fear of the Lord is, is the, the beginning, is the, it, 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 it takes you to the end of wisdom journey. When wisdom has delivered fear. Amen. Now, I think well, there are many things I can say about this first aspect of wisdom, but I feel I can rest the case here about this. Amen. What does the first wisdom do to you? Make you to, to see. Is the first engagement of sight. Seeing. Right? What you see first are precepts. Yeah. You can see precepts. Do you know that is the precept of the tree that Eve was reading before she ate the tree? That thing, you might, you might, uh, I don't know. You can read. It's where you can read that thing. You might, uh, you might think it just happened in one day. I don't know. Do you know how long eating might have taken? But you know, we say it's one bite of an apple. At the end of that, that was after that bite, everything was. I don't know. I'm not saying, but it's possible. How long does it take to then to see the tree and then come to the realization this is good for food to be desired? One thing I know is that desire to bring desire. So desire can be something that they begin to walk little. I mean, like maybe your desire for the Lord. Now, imagine how this has been coming. Small, 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 small. To awaken desire gradually. Right. Right? To consider. And he did eat, and did eat, and gave unto her, to husband. Turn, he did eat. Tree of life, they say, bear which fruit every month, and there are twelve manner of fruit. Although they didn't say this one is like that, but even though it's possible that 
tree of life will take longer to eat, but I don't think this tree might also have something about it. Because it's not that easy for, for, for death to, right, to, to really see the kind of sight. Do you know that for her to go, I don't think it was just that easy in the moment to make Eve disobey God. To make Adam, I don't think so. Those living souls, for a living soul to disobey God, it, there was something, something would have stayed with them. I'm talking about it, observing the tree, to dismantle some things inside of her. You get what I'm trying to say? Praise God. So wisdom, that initial wisdom, it, I want, it, it takes its time. Right? It's to, to buy, first of all, commitment. You, you buy some kind of what commitment, then it will, it will begin to flourish, to send understanding into the soul, to develop the world of precepts. Do you get what I'm saying? Say Eve was reading, is the, was like, who was talking to Eve? She now began to see the precept before she would now eat it. Then the eating of it now produces another type of wisdom, which is not the wisdom of the precepts alone. It is the, has to do with the taste of the nature. Are you seeing that the word? taste of the nature. The taste of the nature. Thank you, Father. Glory. Now, this thing, so the, the, there's wisdom product for the mind and the, and the heart. The mind for the mind and then for the heart. The, the mind where you are of consideration. Precept has a lot to do in that realm. A lot, precept has a lot of work to do in the mind. I mean, not the brain, your spiritual mind, your spiritual calculation. Precept is a, is a major you know, delivery for the, to deal with that realm. To open up the mind, right? To, to make the mind come into some kind of compatibility with the person, right? To make you compatible with you, because the person is, is, a, is a also is a food. Jesus is a fruit of God that every man should eat. But before you, are, you eat it, you must have received so much preaching and then precept of his person must have worked on your mind to bring the mind, to conform the mind into some foolishness of state, right? The state of some kind of foolishness. No wise person sees Jesus. You must be foolish. What I mean by that is no foolish person sees Jesus. The criteria for seeing Jesus is wisdom. Right? It's, for the, it's the wise virgins. Those who have the, the, 
they fulfill the criteria of the wisdom for seeing him. Right? And the wisdom of the virgin is not the, is the ultimate wisdom of a degree. It's a wisdom of vessel, of their vessel. Right? Not the wisdom of their lamp. The, the wisdom of their vessel. There's the wisdom of the lamp. There's the wisdom of the vessel. The first wisdom in Genesis that the enemy gave was a, was a lamp wisdom. He brought a lamp to the tree. Come and use this light to see it. Oh, this is what this tree is. You see? Then when she ate it, it to, it to make them wise, which is a wisdom of vessel. That's, you see that? So, that wisdom, so you see, when, this, when, the, when the Lord Jesus or the Lord Almighty, you know the bridegroom is not just the Lord, the bridegroom is the Lord Almighty. He's a father. Right? When the father is coming, he's looking for two wisdoms. Two. When they say foolish virgin, it's not completely foolish. Those foolish virgins have a wisdom. You can't be a virgin without wisdom. Yes. The word, when, when they say a wise virgin is a wise, wise one. Foolish virgin is a foolish, wise one. Right? Virginity is wisdom. It's a type of wisdom. You know, when they begin to bombard your mind with precepts, it's to make your, make your mind virgin. Someone can have a virgin mind, but not a virgin heart. Right? To have a, to have a virgin mind means to have a bright mind. Have an enlightened mind. To have a wise mind. Brightness is wisdom. They that are wise shall shine like the brightness of the firmament. They that turn many to the right, they are also another wisdom of turning. It's also wisdom too. But it's more than just the wisdom of brightness. It's the wisdom of turning. There's wisdom of brightness and then wisdom of turning. They shall be as the stars for what? When you say stars, stars have to do with turning power. Like the stars on the hand of Jesus, right, when he came. You know, know that, that those churches were virgin churches. Do you, know, do you agree? Yes. All of them were virgins, but not all of them had the, the wisdom for the bridegroom. And many of them, what were the stars were, was ministering, was turning. The st- all the stars are ministering, turning, right? Turning means repent, hey! Repent from where thou hast fallen. Do the first works. It's to show them what to repent. Repent is repentance of the heart. There are things you've been bright about, you've not been doing them. You repent about those things. Wow. Wow. Those, are those, those churches... It wasn't from fresh revelation that was coming to them. What, what was being brought to them was manpower, hand power of turning. Jesus. 
When you say turn, it's not just about direction facing. Turning is to, to turn you into something. Uh, you know, your change is, is by turning. Turning. It's from glory to glory. You keep turning, converted. Change of image is, is continuous turning. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? Turning is the power of a wisdom. Power. To really turn. You can't make a person turn by making them bright alone. They can get become bright, but they haven't turned. They need the force of a person. Something more, some, some, a, something that is more weighty. There is wisdom. There is what you call the brightness of wisdom. It will make you bright. There's what you call the weight of wisdom. Someone can have brightness of wisdom, but doesn't have the weight of wisdom. When, they, when you don't have the weight of wisdom, you will not be able to, be, to, to, to file your person according to the wise standard. You get what I mean? To, to know something is right. Right? And to walk in righteousness are not the same thing. When you meet somebody who has wisdom, they know everything. They say it. When you see somebody who has weight of wisdom, they do right things. They're not the same. They do right things. <laughs> Try doing right things. It's not that easy. Something must be must be weighty upon you. Yes. Wisdom is powerful. The weight of wisdom, it subdues foolishness. Right? Someone who is behaving foolishly, because foolishness is too heavy. When they try to do anything outside that foolish thing, they, they are, their vessel cannot handle <laughs> the, the straight and narrow. That straight and narrow, straight is the, is the, the gate. Narrow is the way. To walk in that path is not that easy. You can easily bounce off of it. Before you know it, you already found yourself in the broad way. To fight back again into that narrow way, that straight and narrow, is not that you need, something must be powerful in you. Are you getting what I'm trying to say to you? Now, Jesus is everything. Amen. Amen. Now, First Corinthians. Let's just quickly go to the end of First Corinthians, chapter one. Um, thank you, Father. You know, He said, "God has foolish." Uh, okay, let's just read on. God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the what things that are mighty, and the base things of the world, and the things that are despised had God chosen here, and these things which are not to bring to naught things that are. So that no flesh should do what? No, no flesh should glory in his presence. Amen. Are you saying that they're talking about the presence? That they don't want flesh to glory. Um, what makes flesh glory in presence? Flesh has an image. When they say that no flesh should glory in the presence, is that I will not receive the image of flesh into my presence. So if I don't want flesh in my presence, and I want man to come, I must bring a solution. 
I must bring a solution to the, to the image of flesh and the glory of flesh. Do you see that? And that solution is the next verse. I say that for, but of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom first. And righteousness. There is an and because they are, they are laid upon each other. They are stacked upon each other. It's wisdom. It's the principal thing. Right? And then you must, when there is wisdom, wisdom will produce righteousness. Now you see all the language of these things here, they are not talking primarily about the wisdom of preaching for the initiation. This is not wisdom of initiation. It's wisdom of image. They're talking about the type of glory that will appear in the presence. Has to do with what kind of image. It's talking about wisdom of persons. Flesh is a type of person. Right? And they say, this kind of person should not be in the presence. Say, but of him are ye in Christ Jesus. Who, when they say of him, they want to, what's the meaning of, of him? They want to make you off him. You can have a kind of his wisdom, that, but you have not yet become of him. When you become of him, they've now carved you from his wisdom. When they carve you from his wisdom, you've re- received his weight. You have become of him. That... When they check you, you, they see portions of him inside of you. You just be walking on the straight and narrow path. Why are you walking there? Is the weight on you? There's nothing you can do. Something is upon you. That thing has wrought. Say, I esteem thy judgment concerning all things to be right. I hate every false way. To rot hatred. All right? Hatred. Hey, say hatred. 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 I was praying with some of the guys the other day, and then I was just praying, and then some kind of oracular something just came for some time. I just be talking about the Lord was speaking through my mouth, and he was just saying hate, 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 hate. He was talking about the power of hatred that he needs to rot in, in, in us. He was talking about how he needs to, he need to empower us to hate what he hates. Right? To do what? To hate what he hates on the inside. That, you see, when you say hatred, he loved righteousness, hated wickedness. That's not, it's not saying that he taught rightness to be right and then he agreed that all righteousness are right, so he, just, he has no problem with them. That's, it's more than that. You can think something is bad but not hate it. You can think something is good but not love it. You can hate this one, you can think this one to be right, Think this one to be wrong, but love this one and hate this one. So, those language of love and hate is not about the, it's not in the cooperation of the mind. They don't dwell in the mind. You can't hate with your mind. Neither can you love with your mind. 
you can approve or disapprove with your mind, but a man can do what he disapproves. And detest what he approves. That's what Satan has done to us. But you see, powers of love and hate are powers of the heart. The heart. So you must, you must enter the water until it touches your heart. When it reaches your heart, you begin to feel the weight of wisdom. Tarry with wisdom until you feel his weight here in your, inside your heart. How you know you are feeling it, it begins to restrain you. Amen. Don't do that foolishness. When you, maybe it might even be a foolishness you normally do. You know it's foolish, but when you, when you now want to now try and do it, hatred, something, it just looks, not from here, because this one has been working, but you've been bypassing, you know you can bypass this operation here. This one, this one go, is a way being, you know, it's not a thought, what the thought, when the heart has found a way it wants to go, what thought is nonsense, hey, leave the way, man, those are your, we'll think after. <laughs> you, you go in the way. The heart flows with ways. But when he said, I, I esteem all thy judgments concerning all things to be right. That's the first part. Esteem. This is more of mind thing. This is the, this is the upper layer before the, before the semicolon, right? That's the first part. You can rot that first part if not rot the second part. So the first part, someone can esteem the judgments because I know all things to be right. Because precepts will help you do that. You will see righteousnesses. You esteem them right. But you can still be going in the false way because the way is buried somewhere. In another, another aspect of the man is what is holding the ways. So you now need another provision of wisdom or travel to produce the second part to make you hate every false way to hate every false way what makes a man hate false way is the is the substitution of persons you must receive him so Christ you must become what he calls off of him who of God so you are seeing that they use that word off there two times First um, Corinthians chapter one, amen. amen. Glory to God. <laughs> We're almost done. Okay. First Corinthians chapter one, verse thirty it says, "Of him." That's the first one. But this man you should be of is of somebody else. So they are telling this "of" is a thing that they, they say is a thing that was, Jesus is not just a guy. They didn't they didn't just manufacture things in him. He he is of someone then you need to become of him. That word of is an, it's an, it's a particular word that has to do with persons. It has to do with being carved of what is within the person. You might agree with someone, but you're not of them. You can agree with Jesus, but you're not yet of him. But there's another work of salvation to make you of him. Are you seeing that in that journey, you now say that we, now, we will start with, you've enjoyed wisdom that I've made you bright and precept. Now, let's now come back again to the principal thing. 
of this other aspect. So Christ has the wisdom of his knowledge. There's the wisdom of his person. Sin doesn't like the wisdom of knowledge. But the wisdom of person is the dread of sin. Fear. The moment, the moment sin sees this one, sin begins to shake. Oh man, our time is up here. It's no longer time. It's our, our reign. They begin to look, sin begins to look. For. When precept is there, sin doesn't lie. He will keep fighting. He believes he has a chance. He will fight everything to offend you. So you leave the realm of precepts. He will do, use the world to fight you. Use all manner of things to fight you. To stop you. In fact, he believes he can use those things. After some time. So that you don't cross over. Sin will believe it has a chance. But the moment sin begins to see. This one. This one. Here. The moment he begins to see this one. There's nothing. There's nothing. Sin has nothing. 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 That. That. This product came from the destruction of sin. Do you understand? It is. It is. Um. Any sin that doesn't want to become righteousness will have to run away. Yeah. You didn't know, do you understand my language? Anything that, anything that stays means you are ready to become righteousness because that is the power that's landing. Because it became sin. Who knew no sin? That we should become the righteousness of God in him. This wisdom turns sin to righteousness. You Once you, you hit this wisdom, you know this wisdom will begin operations. Just different with your heart, we just begin to talk different things. Different, you know, the language of heart is different from language of mind. Heart is mind is do we agree? Do we not agree? No. Heart is do we hate? Hmm. <laughs> do you understand? <laughs> it's the deadly language. This wisdom of God that bringeth salvation. Always grace is the same thing. You right? 
Everything I just described is grace. I'm talking about wisdom, but it's grace, really. <laughs> the wisdom of Jesus is, is grace. Everything here is, you want to summarize grace, it's all of those things. Amen. You see, wisdom will... How, how does wisdom produce righteousness? Wisdom is not going to import, it turns a sin to righteousness. You get what I mean? It's, it will just, it's a, it's a toner. Do you, know, you, you need to experience that kind of thing. You, I know you, you've experienced to a point, maybe you didn't take notice, but it's actually true. Have you ever, have you ever found your love, yourself loving something you hate before? That's a miracle, and that miracle will begin to happen. It will be a constant thing among us. That's what begins to happen. When Jesus begins to appear, sins begin to get turned to righteousness. It's nothing he can do. It's, it's not negotiable. It's the, the person. The, the, when the weight of Jesus begins to land on heart, sin just begins to turn to righteousness. Things you, you, know, you normally hate that you should love, you just find yourself loving them. Some things that, you, that are bad that you loved before, go and try to do them. Something from the inside, just nah, 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 man. You just even you won't even see yourself there. How can I be doing this? Just it's just hatred. You just can't. You know what hatred is? It's not hatred. Is not thinking. Is it the right thing? Should we? No, no, no. Hatred is that you just cannot do it. You just can't. Are you there? Some things you just cannot do. You just can't. It's not a matter of are you, are you deciding is it bad or good. No, it's not. You just can't do it. It's not just. Even if, let's say, your mind was sleeping, you were not thinking, you can't find yourself doing it. If you are about to do it, an alarm will ring in every cell of your soul. You can't, by mistake, do them. <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? It's nature, power of nature. That's where God wants righteousness to reach, to become a nature on the inside of you. Glory to God. So the oracles, as we close, amen. Chapter 7, quickly, are the deliverers of promises. To deliver what? Promises to you. Do you see that? And then, if you have the promises of the oracle, then, right, you must begin to cleanse yourself from all filthiness of the flesh and the what? Spirit. Flesh and spirit. <laughs> filthiness of the word flesh and then what? Spirit. Then doing what? Perfecting Holiness where in the fear of God. So cleansing of filthiness, then the perfecting of holiness. That is what the oracles are meant for. So it means the oracles should speak and speak and speak and speak until all filthiness is what is cleansed. Right? Cleansing of filthiness, that's the first thing. 
Then there is the perfecting of holiness. The word perfect holiness is talking about the realm of the most holy. It's a perfect realm. And that perfect realm is the realm of the fear of God. Right? Filthiness is talking about the realm of Christ. It's what you get from touching the unclean thing. These are the things the oracles just spoke about in, they spoke about concerning the oracles in chapter 6 towards the end, the first part, cleansing of self from all filthiness, right? Then there will not be a time when it's now about the perfecting of holiness. You know, I mentioned that to you last time. Uh, the perfect realm is about the perfecting. So if you are to perfect holiness, you must first be holy. Right? You can't tell somebody who is not holy that you are. I want to perfect your holiness. You can't perfect. That's why people who have not had, who have not been, gone through dealing of holiness, you begin to talk to them about divine nature, and sometimes it takes grace. Sometimes grace has to suspend the fellow, but the fellow has to be foolish enough to stay. I know that this is something I will come into, otherwise you will not relate with some things. How can they be talking to you about perfecting a holiness that you don't have? It's like you tell somebody about, I'm not saying they can't talk to you about it, I mean, but it's not, you will hear it first. You can hear anything, anything. You can hear eternal life. Someone who's just born again can be hearing a message about eternal life. It doesn't mean any, you understand what I mean? It's just that you can't tell him now to start living as an eternal being. That's the problem. <laughs> it will be difficult. But in the hope of eternal life, if you preach that, in the hope of eternal life, has, there will be the milk. Whatever the, the soul can reduce at that level, in that infancy, it can still drink milk from it. You understand what I mean? I'm talking about the, 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 when it comes to, to, to it, the soul will not be able to receive that thing as a promise. At every state, what you can receive as a promise according to your level. That's why the reason for graduations of the oracles. When you say you have a promise of something, it means that you can identify with that thing and you are beginning to engage in the task and the vocation for that thing to be actualized. Are you seeing that? So this perfecting of holiness in the fear of God, amen, amen. is to... That, this holiness is godliness or it is a spiritual nature that must become what? Perfected. Yes, it must become perfected where in the fear. It can only be done. Perfecting of holiness is only done in the fear of God. Every person who begins to learn perfecting of holiness, you must have been baptized into fear, fear region. Fear. Say fear. Fear is not a mind thing. Nobody fears with their mind. Do you fear with your mind? No. Fear is a hard thing. You don't know. You don't know why you are afraid. They say this is not scary now. <laughs> and then they prove to you why it's not scary. You say I'm just scared of the dark. Okay, what? Is this same room that we are only. You know everything in this room. Can that chair bite you? No. Can that one bite you? No, but don't they turn off the light? Now, is that a rational thing? It's not. It means that fear it has its own. It flows from something. It doesn't explain itself. It's there. Right? 
Now, how does fear of death operate? Is it in your mind? It's not in your mind. Fear is a driver. It's an invisible driver. Right? It's what makes... You see, fear... Amen. See, it's true. Who through the fear of death have all their lifetime been what? Subject. You need deliverance from fear. Amen. Amen. Glory to Jesus. So the same way, when they want to put the fear of God in a person, a lot must have happened to you. That operation they spoke about, that fear, dealing with perfecting of holiness and the fear of God, is actually according to wisdom dealings. Wisdom dealing. There's wisdom first in eating, then wisdom of there's wisdom of eating, just eating at a level to initiate you to wash your mind. Then there is the wisdom of exercise. Let's quickly see that that Hebrews five, amen. So those are just the the. Those are the things about the oracles that we, you have to understand. Amen. Otherwise, change will not occur. If we don't know these things, we won't be able to have our change. Glory to God. It says, for <clears throat> everyone that uses milk is unskillful. You are using the word unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. So it means that in the word of righteousness, you need to have Skill. You can have the word of righteousness, but not have skill in the word of righteousness. Do you see that? It's, the, the effective thing is your skill in it. Skill is not skill, it's usage. That's where skill comes from. Someone can have word, but it's not used, you've not used it. If you've not used it, you've not engaged the world, the realm of skill. And if you've not engaged the skill, the, what is in the word? what it's meant to do to you, you won't have that. So graduation actually is more about skill level. Everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness for he's a babe, but strong meat. So that's in the word of righteousness. There's a skill in word of righteousness. Strong meat belong to them that are of full age, who by reason of use have their what senses exercised to the sun. So this reason of use is not just maybe you're using your sense to tear scripture and revelation. That's part of it. They're talking about the use of the heart. Some Christians in maybe these waters use their spiritual mind, but don't never use their heart. Listening to, you know, you listen to message, some of us have skill of mind. Wow, connect that scripture. Oh, boy. That's, one, that's one level of being blessed. That's the first level, and it's necessary. If you don't do that first one, like I've preached, you can't do the other one. There is that level of skill, but there is the way the heart. You get what I mean? A lot of times, when that heart one, a lot of times, it's when you are not, you're not listening to a message at the time. It's not, uh, the, it's precept. You know, it's out of the, your riches of precept. The spirit designed dealings for the exercise of the heart. That's why precepts tamper with your life. 
what you, if you don't listen to some things, your life will be a certain way. Once you start listening to some things, spirits will just begin to come. Okay, he has the things there. He has, he has the equipment. He has all those things. So they will now begin to do all kind of dealing. It's just for simple thing to give your heart an opportunity for exercise. Are you seeing that now you've, someone might have crossed the threshold for willingness for precepts. You're not fighting revelation ministry anymore. You, you like preaching. You love preaching. That's one level. But you can love preaching, but they hate exercise of heart. So what will happen is that you will be wise here, foolish here. You don't have the right relation. There's another wisdom. It's, a, it's, a, it's also wisdom. The wisdom of the person. Do you see what I mean? That one is, the, is different from the wisdom of brightness to make you see, ah, oh, this is good for food. This is the, uh, it's the wisdom of eating, the wisdom of, I get what I'm saying? When he says to make one wise. Are you seeing what I mean? That wisdom is, it is the wisdom of the person of Jesus. It's another level of skill entirely. So if, if you have revelation, you've not feeling de- finished dealing with the oracle. The oracle can speak scripture, can speak precept. It also speaks spirit. It also talks person. It can preach the person of Jesus to your heart and begin to talk to you in season when it's time to exercise yourself. Glory to God. When it's time to be exercised unto godliness, you will do it. And when it's time to be exercised to God also, you will do it. This is a time of heart exercise. It's very clear. When we're praying, one of the emphasis the Lord brought, that we begin to teach us to now let this ministry move to the heart. Can God talk to your heart? Can God, do you have a healthy relationship of the Lord speaking to your heart? Wisdom is person to person. He wants to make you of him, of him to have his nature. Thank you, Father. We give you glory. Just begin to pray. Pray in the spirit. Uh, if you can, just for a short time. Thank you, Father. Glory to God. Just keep praying, just give you some some time.
things you need an initiation there's a kind of conversation you are not used to what the Lord wants to initiate in your life sometimes just staying in prayer staying in prayer just be praying about it Lord, about my heart I want to have more of more of heart exercise more of more of dealings of you bringing corrections reproof talking to me dealing with me on issues difficult things I want more I want to excel more pray ask the Lord the Lord the Lord will hear you it's not, this is not my message there's the Lord talking this morning the Lord wants to say this to you and he won't say he won't speak this way if he doesn't want to initiate something for you so just take it home as you pray ask the Lord ask the Lord ask just ask for wisdom say he who lacks wisdom let him ask ask of him who gives liberally or braided not anyone if you desire it you will give say Lord I want wisdom for my heart wisdom for my heart I want wisdom for my heart thank you father Lord we give you praise we give you praise this 
Afternoon, thank you for Sekria and Sheprohovenek has the free end in the bread. I, Lord, Elifalano Hotenus, and a brandia to CL Novretios, Mondes, El Frendos, El Franendios, Fernandio, Emperor, Lord, Emita, my Lord, Etinento, Lord, for now be a Lord to you. Amen. The gear on your Lord, even the spirit of, of Lordship, who follow you will follow you, will be with you. You'll be with you, have a Lord who will talk to you. You will hear the voice of your Lord speaking to you. You will not be like a sheep without a shepherd. You will hear his voice. The Lord saying, you will hear my voice. I will begin to speak to you, even in the secret of your heart. You begin to hear me. I'll have dealings with you. I'll have conversations with you. Say the Lord, Father, we thank you for blessing every heart today. Thank you for the release of you. what you are releasing is your heart for us. Your heart going after our own heart. I pray, Lord, let everyone have that experience. I ask for quickening of wisdom, exercise of wisdom, initiation of conversations of wisdom, Lord, speaking, using all that we have learned, oh God, even to begin to speak to us concerning the ways of our heart. Thank you, our Father. We give you all the glory. We bless you. Thank you for the oracles that are open, speaking freely, even for to, to bless us, to help us even at this time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.